0: Welcome, welcome back to Rise to Liberty. And today I am joined by Devin Sanchez, the host of uh, Riffs or Die podcast, and the uh, lead singer, rhythm, and lead guitar of the thrash metal band, Havoc. How you doing today, David?
1: Oh, I'm doing fine, free as ever, in Orwell's Nightmare.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was commenting uh, with a friend about that. As if, if he could see anything that we're going through right now, it, his book probably wouldn't have been released. Seems tame. No,
1: I, <clears throat> I wish that they would make a new movie based on the book. Yeah. That would be amazing, but I'm not sure that'll ever happen unless it's financed independently.
0: Yeah. And good luck getting it released, you know, it playing in theaters or anything.
1: Yeah. Even if it didn't come out in theaters and it was just online or something, that'd be wonderful.
0: Yeah, seriously. It's interesting that it's not a required reading in high school anymore.
1: Yeah, it wasn't when I was in high school.
0: Yeah, me either. Um, You know, they've gotten rid of all all the books, which is pretty funny considering some, uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, propaganda about, oh, well, Republicans are trying to censor books out of schools and stuff now. And it's like, yeah, but I don't see you guys, you know, trying to reinstate like Huck Finn or anything. So,
1: No. I mean, if you can control the history, you can control the future.
0: Yeah, exactly. So let's jump into uh, some music real quick. uh, So first, I I found out about Havoc uh, when you guys were doing a tour with Nile, And you guys had come to Salt Lake. And never heard of you guys before, but I was just absolutely blown away. And ever since then, it seems like I hear about you guys all the time, even now um
1: well it, it couldn't like? it couldn't have been nile we've never toured with them we might have played on sh- off show or something with them but um <clears throat> never done a full tour with nile but sounds like interesting. you interesting seen us before
0: yeah that that was uh like i said it was in it was in salt lake i'm, I'm not sure if it was on the tour with them because i didn't even know that nile was coming to town until um until that day so
1: yeah it, it could have been a one-off um we've played so many shows like that where we linked up with some other tour
0: yeah that's wild so what's uh what's the music scene been like since all the the shutdown and everything and everything coming back everyone acting normal or what
1: well things seem to be coming back obviously all of our work kind of evaporated for a, a while there when the whole world was doing lockdowns and uh Acting like that was a good thing. Um, <laughs> live entertainment, I believe, it was the first thing to go, and it will be the last thing to fully come back. Um, it seems like things are on track to, to come back to a more normal state, at least in this country right now. So that's good. But, uh, yeah, musically, uh, a lot of bands started writing and recording new stuff because they couldn't hit the road. But uh, we're going to get to that phase later this year. If anything, as far as the music business, and especially the genre I, I you know, play in, uh, the heavy metal music scene, this whole thing has really exposed who meant what they were saying when they were talking about anti-establishment. their lyrics and and who was just a total free freedom poser
0: yeah yeah it's it's been fairly eye-opening i mean just for people in general uh i'm sure you see uh quite a few interesting uh things being on the inside of the the music industry especially amongst you know punk metal anything like that almost seems like uh the anti-authoritarian in the punk scene is non-existent oh Uh,
1: yeah actually some of the most formerly outspoken against the establishment and against government and against fascism um, a lot of these artists have in the last couple years really exposed who they really are they are absolutely pro-fascism they are absolutely pro-government they're absolutely pro-corporation
0: yeah i I have a friend who uh, we we were talking about music not that long ago, and he was talking about how pissed off he is about having a Rage Against the Machine tattoo. And he's like, "This is bullshit!" Like, th- Rage those guys on the, biggest, uh, the Machine. Yeah, exactly. Sponsored <clears throat> by Capital One. <laughs> you know, it,
1: yeah, sponsored by Capital One. Uh, <laughs> Rage Against the Machine. I always found it so interesting. Like, how the hell is this band allowed to be this big? and saying the things that they are because at the time i thought they were just totally against authority well now in 2022 we can very clearly see from social media posts from the band and just more time has gone on and we see that they were never anti-establishment necessarily the whole time they were pro-communism they're all socialists and communists so now it makes a lot more sense in hindsight to understand how and why Rage Against the Machine was able to get so popular on a mainstream level. The band is excellent. I have oh, no, yeah. I'm not talking about their music whatsoever. They're a fucking amazing band. But the message, the message didn't make sense to me. How how were they allowed to get away with saying all this stuff? Oh, now it makes sense in hindsight because they're communists. And we are living through a worldwide communist attempted coup of the of the planet
0: yeah yeah for sure so how how do you get perceived within the the music industry and everything because your guys's lyrics are pretty spot on considering
1: well our lyrics are actually truly anti-establishment we're not pushing an agenda uh, a marxist agenda or something like that under the guise of being anti-establishment like a band such as Rage Against the Machine and plenty of others. There's a bunch of bands I could name that have lyrics that, you know, if you, if you read their lyrics and then looked at what they were saying in the last year and a half, you'd be absolutely dumbfounded as to how the hell could these be the same people.
0: Yeah.
1: But, um, lyrically, I just, I feel like our time is short and people's attention spans are very short. And, uh, so with a lot of lyrics, not every song, but a lot of the lyrics, I'm very on the nose with things. Yeah. I'm very direct in the message that I'm trying to convey to the listener. Because again, I feel our time is short. And I think that we don't have time to beat around the bush and have people wonder what I'm talking about. Because the things I write about, I feel like are important and need to be understood yeah. need to be conveyed to people so i don't want to be super mysterious and have people listen to the song and wonder oh geez what is this song about i just really can't put my finger on what the singer is talking about i i want to be understood and and clear and concise i i saw a comment there that said rage for the machine yeah that's
0: exactly <laughs> yeah yeah well i can say as somebody who actually appreciates freedom i i definitely appreciate it um I can think of a lot of bands who I still like their music. I'll still listen to them, but I definitely have a different opinion of them as people now. Um, one, yeah. One person there's a whole specific, lot of that in
1: the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. And it's not to say that they're a bad person necessarily. Uh, I'm <clears> sure some of them are, but at least just be honest, you know, don't try to convey a certain message, be a certain person, but then behind the scenes, you know if if you're all for something, just own it. you know, you're just gonna piss a bunch of people off uh, when they find out that you're not for something and uh you know, I uh I don't hide any punches with what I'm about, so
1: absolutely, I, yeah, same here. and you know, it's really cool to be anti-establishment, anti-authority and pro-freedom. It's really cool to be all about <laughs> that stuff until it's time to fucking free up. Yeah. When it's time to actually put your foot down for liberty, for freedom, for uh you know, anti-establishment, anti-government, anti-corporation, anti-fascism, anti-communism, anti-authoritarianism, that's when a lot of these people's backs seem to break and they can't yeah. handle it and they actually put their foot in their mouth and they didn't mean any of the fucking words that they said. Yeah. Because we're, we, in the past couple of years, we've literally seen the most clear picture of fascism in America. You, one could easily argue that America has been a fascist nation for many, many decades. Mussolini, the guy that invented fascism, that coined the term, he defined fascism, textbook dictionary definition of fascism in Mussolini's eyes was the marriage of corporation and state.
0: Exactly.
1: When big business and big government get together to fuck people over, there's a word for that. It's fascism.
0: (laughs) Well, you'd be surprised how many people can't define that word, which, you know, coming from the godfather of fascism itself, you think they would look to him, and anytime you use that definition, they just get angry.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, Jack... They think of jackboots and goose stepping and, and heiling Hitler and red armbands and racism. That's not Mm. what fascism is. We need to be more precise with our language. I feel like in many instances, I say a lot of stupid shit. I fumble over my words, but when it comes to certain definitions, I think we need to be a little more acutely tuned in to what we're actually saying, because Uh, For instance, one thing that is is a pet peeve of mine is today, so many people use interchangeably the term conspiracy and conspiracy theory.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Conspiracy is something that you can go to prison for. Conspiracy is a literal crime that you will go do hard time behind bars for. I know people that have been behind bars for conspiracy people conspire Cons- the word conspiracy doesn't mean that it's bullshit conspiracy theory is a totally different thing that is a theory that there is a conspiracy
0: yeah and
1: people conflate these two terms all the time and it kind of bothers me because they, they've made it they've made it to where someone hears the word conspiracy even if it's a true literal thing that someone's going to prison for people hear the word conspiracy and they translate it automatically in their brain to, Oh, that means it's not true. That means it's fake and it's bullshit. Yeah. It's in the same category as Bigfoot.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the idea of people getting together to conspire for some grand purpose or whatever, that's not a crazy thing to think. It happens all the time on every level in society you could think of. Like that's typically what money, money laundering schemes are.
1: oh, yeah. I mean, you and I conspired to do this podcast right now. Yeah, exactly. A conspiracy just means two or more people got together in secret to make a plan to do something. Generally, that term means it was something illegal. But, uh, you know, given the current state of of the thought police and and Internet censorship, who's to say that we're not we, we didn't conspire to be speaking right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, by by the state standards, we would be, you know, anything that goes against the narrative is uh, very upsetting. So, which is part of the reason I started my podcast. Um, you know, there there's uh, plenty of uh, liberty-based podcasts, but I feel like everyone needs to dogpile with information and put out as much content on any platform possible.
1: Yeah, I agree, because you never know who's going to hear it. And it, you might be even saying something that has been echoed numerous times in the circles that you and I probably pay attention to. You might say something that we've all, people like you and I have heard a thousand times before, but to someone new, maybe they've never heard that idea. Or maybe they've heard it 20 times as well. But the way it was said on time number 21, it actually clicked. Yeah. It actually resonated with them. So... Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of liberty and freedom, and and people thinking for themselves and not outsourcing their critical thinking skills to somebody else.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's interesting because I always feel like I did all of this research, so can anyone else? You know, I'm nobody special. I just I questioned things. I mean, maybe that was how something to do with how I was raised, but nonetheless something didn't sound right i would look into it you know
1: yeah and somehow nowadays asking questions simply asking questions is offensive
0: yeah that's weird that is weird
1: and not even derogatory questions or or leading questions that are that are insulting or meant to be insulting or anything like that just simply asking general totally warranted questions to many people these days is offensive.
0: Yeah. So one thing I want to ask is what, what was your moment to where you kind of, what did you have like a, just a one aha moment where the light bulb went on or was it kind of progressive over like many instances to where you were now on this freedom path?
1: (laughs) Many instances, obviously, but yeah, I can't point to one thing, but I, I, I went to Catholic school for four years when I was a kid and I got in trouble a lot because I asked questions and I challenged the authority in the school. Um, I I, I got in trouble so much in Catholic school that they gave me my own desk in the principal's office because I was in there so frequently. And I actually got to become like friends with the principal. He he and I were pretty cool with each other. And uh, (laughs) this is a total side story, but there was one time I was set up at my desk in the principal's office and it was around the holidays. And since it, since it's a Catholic school, a lot of people bring in cookies and candies and chocolate and all this kind of stuff for the principal. And uh, I remember being in there and the principal was like, Hey, there's a table full of candy there and cookies and chocolate stuff. If you want some help yourself. So I was, In solitude in the principal's office most of the time. And I had my own table full of candy. That's where uh, questioning things got me early on. But I always had questions for things because even since I was a child, if things didn't make sense, I had questions about that. And sometimes an explanation was given and my curiosity or my resistance was satiated. If if something doesn't make sense to me and I ask questions about it and I'm given a logical answer that you know, makes perfect sense, cool. My my questioning is over and uh, I'll listen to what you have to say. And I'm still the exact same way. Nowadays I'm I'm an adult. I, I've I'm able to read and research more. I mean the internet is a way bigger thing now. But I'm still the same way in that. If someone presents me with new information, I'm completely open to changing my mind. If the information that's shared with me makes sense and it checks out, it's logical, it's factual, I'm completely open to changing my mind. This is why I often refer to myself as a free thinker, because I'm not married to to one set of ideals. My mind can be changed about something if presented with new information.
0: Yeah, and that's quite the admirable stance to take. And uh, personally, I'm an empiricist, you know, Uh, I, I run fundamentally off of reason, logic and evidence. And I myself am also always open to the idea that there is better information out there. I don't know everything. The people I've learned what I have, don't know everything. And also as time goes on our knowledge typically grows uh more in depth we learn new things that's the whole field of science right so supposed to be yes supposed to be uh in unless uh you're not getting paid from certain corporations and then you know that uh that science will get squashed but
1: yeah then then science changes to the science
0: yeah tm
1: (laughs) trademark the science
0: yeah yeah exactly oh that's that's just wild man so tell us about your podcast uh kind of where you got the idea where it started why you wanted to do it
1: yeah so i first started doing it in the middle of lockdowns i won't say the pandemic because if there was a pandemic a quarter of the people that you know would be dead right now.
0: Mm-hmm. There
1: was not a pandemic. There was lockdowns. There was government tyranny.
0: Government lockdowns.
1: I'm not saying the virus isn't real. I'm just saying a pandemic it, it, that's not what we just lived through. Yeah. Um but I started doing it during the lockdowns because I had time. And doing a podcast was an idea that I had kicked around for years um because I know a lot of cool people. I have some things to say. I have some questions to ask these cool people, interesting people that I know. So I started the podcast during the uh, lockdowns. And on Riffs or Die, I basically, about half of the episodes are are just me riffing to myself. It's just a crazy person talking to himself. (laughs) Um, But I'll, I'll riff on current events. I'll riff on music, philosophy, big fan of philosophy and uh you know whether that's um stoicism some of the ancient philosophers hermeticism or you know current events and uh social issues there's philosophy philosophy pertains to all of these things and and it's a good like grounding mechanism especially stoicism but um Yeah, I started the podcast, and I just kind of riff on whatever I want and uh, often interview musicians or audio engineers or um, people that I find interesting. This will be another one. I I definitely am going to post this up as a swap cast, as I like to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I got to say, you know, being a a fan of music, I mean, I went to my first concert when I was like 12. Kiss and Aerosmith was awesome. I, I saw that tour. Yeah, yeah, it was epic, and uh, you know, I got my first heavy metal record given to me, Judas Priest, British Steel, and I was just mesmerized, and just listened to it on repeat, and ever since then, you know, hooked on metal, and then, you know, getting older, getting into politics, social issues, that sort of thing, it's honestly, for someone like me, I love the melding of the two, so. Well, Havoc
1: is your band then.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: although i wouldn't necessarily call havoc political yeah i i would consider us more apolitical because we're not pushing an agenda other than yeah. liberty and liberty is not political
0: yeah that's true um uh, well i mean there there are enemies of liberty and uh there are people who fight for liberty um i wish more people would study exactly what liberty means what the opposite of liberty you know the the coercion the force the authoritarianism what that actually looks like and we've got a hundred years of communism to study and most people choose to just openly reject that which is terrifying to me
1: openly reject that there's been communism for a century is that what you mean
0: or or that communism or that uh that's what communism leads to or that's what government control leads to. Um, I I don't understand how anyone could look at any of the evidence and say, oh, yeah, more more government is what we need. That, that will help things.
1: Yeah. So there's the Midas touch is, you know, King Midas, everything he touched turned to gold. Government has the diarrhea touch. Everything <laughs> government touches, it turns to liquid shit. So, yeah. And, and most people would agree with that. With, with with that sentiment, with a broad stroke, you know, a lot of people would really resonate and agree. Yeah, government sucks. But the thing that blows my mind, especially with people on the left, I don't call them liberals because you and I are classically liberal. You and I don't want to step on people's toes and infringe on their rights and be an imposition on them and, and uh, impose our will on them with force. We are liberal these people are leftists there's a lot of leftists and authoritarian uh, you know marxists and and things like this the thing that blows my mind about them especially now with like internet that you could do all this research you got a supercomputer in your pocket these people say yes 100% you're correct the government sucks it's absolutely terrible so what we need to do the thing that's going to solve this is to give the government more money and more power and expand it into an even bigger behemoth and an even bigger monster that's more well fed what have you thought for 5 seconds about what the fuck you're saying yeah government sucks so we need more of it and we need to give it more of our money yeah it makes no sense but you know leave it to people of today to to not make sense and not think about things you know, Idiocracy was supposed to be a, a funny movie <laughs> that that was, uh, you know, totally unrealistic. But Jesus Christ, not, we a, are, not
0: a window into the future.
1: Yeah, we're we're living in it in a very real way. It, it's real fucked up. Yeah, that's how it is. And that's why I sing about the things that I do or not sing, but scream them at people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. How how do uh, the fans react to it? Do you get a lot of people coming up saying that they like uh agree with what you're saying or even do you get people who come up and think that you're crazy for saying the things that you
1: do? Yeah, we get some of both, but you know, largely it's people that are resonating with the idea of give me liberty or give me death. Leave me the hell alone. Stop stealing my wealth to pay for murdering people in other countries. Yeah. You know that there's There are some common themes in, in havoc music. And a lot of it is anti-war, anti-establishment, anti, anti, uh, big government pro thinking for yourself. Uh, and and just these messages people resonate with that is a fact. And the only, I've never been called crazy or stupid or told that I, I was a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist or that people disagreed with the message of havoc music. I've never really been told that in, in, in large ways up until the uh, lockdowns and this virus came to be. This virus made people absolutely lose their wits. And like has happened many times in the past, people, w- w- they, they want to be safe. They don't want to be free. They want to be taken care of. At this point, there are so many people begging for the chains of their own enslavement that lyrics that are in Havoc songs are offensive. When three years ago, it wasn't offensive to, uh, offensive to these people at all. They were like, fuck, yeah, give me liberty or give me death. It's singing right along with me. Now the last two years happens and everyone's like, whoa, you're fucking crazy, dude. Like, hey, I'm the same guy that wrote Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death. I didn't write it. Patrick Henry did, but I made that song. And I'm the same exact person. And did you think that when I was, you know, passionately screaming my heart out about this message of Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death, screaming it every night on stage, did you think I was just playing around? I was just kidding. I was just saying it to be edgy and cool. That's what I actually believe in. And a lot of people in the in the past couple of years have, have declared me uh, as the internet would call an edge lord. <laughs> um, you know, people think I'm saying these things just to be provocative, and that's not the case whatsoever. I'm I'm not saying any of this stuff just to be provocative. If I wanted to just be provocative, there's plenty of other things I could bring up. That's not the point. I can't, you know, I can't make people think. I, I don't even want everyone to think like I do. I just want people to think, but you can't make people think. Yeah. You can say things and they can internalize it or not. Yeah. But especially in the last couple of years, I've seen the music community, especially the metal punk world, like being so compliant and silent that after about a year of all this shit going down, I decided to open my mouth and start speaking my mind about what's, what I think is actually happening here yeah. uh, because I was like, where are all of my like, you know, freedom loving musicians with big voices? Where are they? Like what the fuck is going on? No, one's going to talk about this. So I started opening my mouth and that's where a lot of people, uh, you know, got offended thought I was stupid, thought I was crazy. Even though for the 10 years prior, they, they thought the lyrics and the messaging was, was, just fine so you know since i started speaking out um i've gotten a a lot of hate and vitriol from people that are you know just drinking up the kool-aid they say they question authority and they don't like the government and corporations um but you know when it comes to this this rona thing they just could not pull their pants down and spread their ass (laughs) cheeks
0: They no, it's were true.
1: Gobbling it up. It's so, so true. I've lost, I've lost thousands of people on Instagram, and I'm sure hundreds on Facebook. But I don't really go on Facebook much. Um, yeah, on Instagram, I've definitely lost thousands of followers since I started opening my mouth about this stuff because people are very touchy and offended. Yeah, by the truth coming out, and mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the things that I was saying, and I'm sure you were were saying and thinking a, a year and a half ago a lot of those things are coming out to be factually true. Yeah. There are there will be no apologies. No one's going to apologize and say, "Oh man, you know, you were probably right about all this stuff." Don't expect it, folks. You're not going to get the apologies.
0: Yeah. It's it's interesting. I I was reading recently about cognitive dissonance and how once somebody is so entrenched into a certain belief that seeing anything contrary to that belief can actually cause physical pain and like mental anguish. And so, of course, some people are just going to hear some of these things and just completely shut it out and disown you. You know, that's why some families are turning against each other and it it's insane. It is absolutely insane. And some of these people before any of the, uh, the government shutdowns would have probably questioned what, large corporations did i mean occupy wall street happened at one point although i don't advocate the people who started that or their end goal message for the protests that they had but nonetheless people were still questioning big corporations oh Not yeah now.
1: yeah and i remember it, it had to be less than a decade ago I remember when there was that guy the real snarky young dude that like had a bunch of power in big pharma and they had some sort of AIDS medication and they mm-hmm. jacked the price up to like $700 a pill oh, and yeah. everyone, especially on the left side of things, but generally everyone lost their fucking minds. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Big pharma is the devil. I can't believe big pharma is doing this. How is this possible? <laughs> they control everything. They're running all the ads on television and radio. We, we need to stop them. They're so evil. They're heartless. They don't care about people. Jump cut to two years ago. Big pharma is God. Big pharma is so benevolent; they mm-hmm. love us. They care about us so much. We need to do everything that they say because they would never lie to us. They wouldn't hurt us.
0: No, no, no. What no. just happened? forget the and opioid epidemic. Don't pay attention to the Sackler family. Don't ask any questions there.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I just I hope these people stretch out really well before they do all these mental gymnastics. hurt because uh yeah i remember that very well there was that dude and everyone lost their mind because he raised the price of an aids medication yeah it's it's still happening our lives yeah absolutely it's still happening it's just funny how you, you you bring out this giant fear campaign very well funded very well organized fear campaign and everyone just goes running to the big pharma monster that they were decrying and, and completely disowning and disavowing and uh, just had choice words for just years prior.
0: Well, I, I even saw somebody uh, on Twitter the other day who uh, still had a uh, little Ukraine flag in their, in their name. And they were, criticizing big pharma for raising the price of insulin and I started just going back through their page real quick and I was like, "Oh, it didn't take that long to find a uh, a post of theirs criticizing uh people who didn't want to take the jab." And it's like, "Okay, so you you don't see the irony in this at all, do you?" No, they don't. Yeah. And it's scary. It's scary that these people are just walking around in the wild. <laughs> and they
1: vote and they reproduce.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. There was that big push after uh, Roe v. Wade got uh, repealed. You know, a bunch of men were going to get vasectomies, which I'm pro them doing that. Not every man, but uh, those men, sure. Go for it. Keep doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have no issue with it. You know, as long as you're not infringing on the rights of other people, I don't give a shit what you do. Yeah, right. Yeah, and the Roe v. Wade thing was really interesting just because... It was never codified in the Constitution. There is nothing in the Bill of Rights that says you have the right to an abortion, and that's all that the Supreme Court made a a decision on. They just said this isn't a constitutional amendment. There is no federal constitutional right to have an abortion, so we're just going to leave it up to the states which yeah. is the 10th Amendment. The 10th Amendment is, if it's not expressly forbidden or expressly consented to or by this document, the Constitution Bill of Rights, then it's up to the states. It's not up to the federal government. That's all that the Supreme Court did was go by the Constitution. Yeah, say,
0: we shouldn't have taken this.
1: not here, so this is not up to the federal government. This is up to the individual states. Have fun, boys. And everyone lost their mind as if Oh my God. Abortions are now illegal. (laughs) No, they're not. They're, they're legal in like 45 States. Yeah. So that, that was, that was a big, uh,
0: go ahead. All all the leftists that were complaining about it, it it wasn't changing in their States, New York, California, those States aren't changing. So I don't know what they were complaining about.
1: No. In fact, in, in New York, there are people, that want to be able to abort up until the day of birth.
0: Yeah.
1: There are people that want to be able to, like, rip the baby out of the mother's womb and just, like, fucking smash its head in. Yeah. That's that's psychotic. Um, I, I'm not totally against abortion whatsoever. Um, it's a very gray area, obviously. There's, there's so many nuanced perspectives and things going on in, oh, yeah. in this thing. So I, I'm not, like steadfast in anti-abortion or like yes everything should be aborted um but that's psychotic you know giving birth to the baby and then killing it cuz you don't want it at that point why don't you just fucking give it up for adoption or something
0: yeah yeah exactly
1: it, it, it's a it's a crazy crazy idea but they're pushing for that kind of stuff in New York and uh those are the people protesting that yeah. that it's a uh, quote unquote illegal wink wink or just left up to the states to decide, which um, I I kind of like that idea. That's one of the founding principles of this country: is that the states get to decide how how things go over yeah. there. The U.S. is like a lot like the EU. We're like fifty little countries, some some bigger than others, obviously, but we're like fifty countries that all fly under one flag, essentially. Yeah. If you don't like the the laws in Missouri, you can move to Idaho. You don't like the laws in Idaho, you can move to Alaska. You don't like uh, the laws in Alaska, you can move to Texas. Like, (laughs) There's so much choice of where you can be in in this country. So when people complain about the, the laws where they live... You know, if it's state laws, there there's a solution to that. Yeah. There there are many ways we could argue that we're not free in so many ways, but uh that's not the point of what I'm talking about yeah. <laughs> right <in> this second.
0: <laughs> well, I mean there there are certain things that they would like you to believe that you don't have the power to change. And like for instance, as as pointless as it might be sometimes, we still have the option of trying to get involved legislatively. And you, you can still get some things done. A lot of people you
1: just, I could run for president.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if you don't like the laws somewhere, you can move. Or if you don't want to move, get involved, try and do something about it, other than just sit and be a keyboard warrior. Yeah, I think the more
1: <clears throat> local something is the more of an impact your voice can have.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and that's the most important thing is uh, basically cutting the ties uh, with your local community and the federal government, strengthening your county is usually where, you know, the the best place to get involved is, or your neighborhood. Just your simple, yeah. yeah.
1: the, the city council meetings here where I live recently have all been on days where I had something going on so I haven't been able to make any of them recently but um, yeah you can hold these people accountable and you can hold these people's feet to the fire a lot easier than someone like the president or governor
0: yeah well and these people affect your daily life they affect your life immediately um most most people will have always have an opinion about what's going on globally or nationally but yet they don't know who their city councilmen are their county commissioners They don't know who they are what they're doing or anything it's like your entire school system could be overrun by leftists and you wouldn't even know or care
1: or by extreme Hmm. right people you know back in the 80s like Uh, the extreme right like religious crazy people were running a lot of things um not saying all religious people are crazy but in the 80s a lot of religious and crazy people were, were running things um and you're saying that people don't know who their city council members are and things like this
0: that's on purpose yeah exactly
1: jim morrison said it correctly when he said whoever controls the media controls the mind that could not be more accurate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So I, I always pay attention to my County commission meetings. Uh, Luckily, even though they're at a odd time, um, they stream them on YouTube. So I'm still able to be at work and watch them. And there's never more than maybe five, six people there, which is wild to me because they're the ones that approve new development who gets, you know, water rights which is a big thing here in Utah Um, and it's just really interesting to me these people have so much uh, power over what happens in your neighborhoods nobody even cares and it's it's been really interesting so I'm actually running for public office right now and a lot of people actually will say that they care but they're not going to do anything which is really interesting um, and the, the people who are all involved in local politics, pretty much all know each other, which is also really interesting. It's like another click, you know, and it's, it's no wonder why a lot of the things are the way that they are because nobody's doing anything about it.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of people are completely unaware as, as well. A lot of people are oblivious, um, And that's why, for instance, on my podcast and in Havoc Lyrics, I talk about some of this stuff, um, you know, not about city council members and whatever, but like issues that don't get talked about in a mainstream way. That's what podcasts are great for. It's what the Internet is great for. And, uh, you know, I think if you've got someone listening and you can talk about something important that will change the world for the better. I think that is a completely worthwhile thing to, to discuss and to bring up and point out. So that's why I do what I do. And uh, you said you're running for, for elected office. What are you trying to do?
0: So I am actually running for the state house of representatives. Uh, my biggest thing that I plan on doing is uh, rolling things back is uh, introducing sunset clauses. Um, so purpose of bills or anything, or usually programs, whatever, they usually have some sort of goal in mind and either that has reached its goal and at which point it needs to be repealed. And if something new needs to come along to replace it, then that's fine. But that bill has reached its goal and therefore doesn't need to be around, which never happens federally on the state level or even county level, city, city level. And also, if it hasn't reached its intended goal, then it's a waste of money and it needs to be repealed.
1: Yeah, and like you said, they just keep stacking laws on laws on laws on laws on laws. So I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. Yeah, get, getting rid of laws, I think, would be a great thing. Lawyers would hate it, but uh, people that like liberty exactly uh, would probably dig it a whole lot. Or people that like keeping the money that they earn from working they might like that a lot too
0: exactly what part of
1: Utah are you in
0: so northern utah uh weaver county just about 45 minutes north of salt lake
1: okay cool i think utah is the most beautiful state in the country
0: yeah i would i would have to agree at least in
1: the connected 48 i've never been to alaska but i've seen photos and videos it looks incredible up there but utah has got everything there's desert there's mountains there's lakes there's uh there's like everything other than the ocean
0: yeah yeah and i mean we we've got some of you know the salt flats are incredible um it's just really interesting out here and it's all within a drive you know a day's drive if that Mm -hmm.
1: so yeah some of the national parks are incredible you guys have monument valley right there on the utah arizona border that is a magical place
0: yeah, my my favorite is uh the Ashley National Forest, which is uh kind of going towards your guys's area towards Colorado, but it's uh kind of goes up into Wyoming a little bit in that little chunk that's cut out of our state. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. You know, I I have yet to find a bad part of of uh, Utah, maybe other than downtown Salt Lake, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the people. the 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 city's the city's gorgeous, but the people down there are crazy. So, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, most of our uh, representatives at the state level are all from one industry. They're all realtors or lenders. They they all have to do with the real estate industry. Uh, obviously, not every single one of them, but a vast majority of them, and uh, it's it's very concerning to me. Um, it's it's concerning to me that uh, there seems to be a lot of favors going back and forth.
1: Oh yeah, that's the story as old as time.
0: Exactly. Um, so my goal is just to get in and be a mover and a shaker. You know, depending on exactly what the fight. Against it is going to be, you know, I might not be able to get anything done, but I'm going to be the loudest person and be, be bringing attention to uh, anything I possibly can, which is, you know, if that's all I can do, that's all I can do because, you know, there's going to be a lot of people wanting to not have anything that I intend to pass or bring to the floor. Um, they're, they're not going to want it to go through Um You know, I'm really passionate about Defend the Guard legislation. Um, Since 1950, the United States Congress has never declared an act of war. Yep. Uh, They've basically been using emergency use authorizations, um, which gives the executive branch full uh, dictatorial power, basically, to start wars. And Congress has nothing to do with it. So Defend the Guard legislation would force Congress to do their constitutional duty, declare an act of war before we send our National Guards men and women overseas to go fight.
1: Yeah, that's good. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the U.S. hasn't declared war in forever. And we police the world, not you and I, but our, our yeah. federal government spends a lot of our money our stolen or more accurately extorted money uh, to go kill people overseas and police the world and and basically just be rabble rousers around the planet, um, kicking up dust everywhere and and starting conflicts and being engaged in conflicts. They don't call them wars because as you said, that would require Congress to sign off on it. Um, But just for, you know, the sake of argument let's call them all wars when's the last time the u.s won a fucking war
0: Ah, uh, i don't know that's a good question i mean world,
1: world war Two.
0: world war ii be that, the consensus that
1: answer on that
0: yeah
1: u.s hasn't won a fucking war in 80 something years and we got the nerve to to tell people like well, if we just keep funding it and just keep doing this stuff like we'll we'll make something good happen here. Yeah. Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, Korea, Kauai. Libya, Syria, like all of these places that we're involved. We we don't win. Yeah. But I can tell you who definitely loses. It's the people that were devastated by our presence there our military's presence there and us we the people that paid for it yeah it's a it's a really grotesque disturbing thing when you really break it down and think about this stuff and uh, people need to understand it. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will understand it and be two steps ahead of, of what we're talking about here but this is important shit yeah. The, the military, the military accounts for like the vast majority of discretionary spending. Um, with the, with our taxes, with our tax money, and once you realize that the U.S. hasn't won a war in eighty something years, and that our presence, basically everywhere we go, does not benefit the United States you really have to start wondering like what the fuck are we doing or what why are they doing this with our money and i think it's a very worthwhile thing to bring up because a lot of people don't think about this stuff
0: yeah it's, it's just
1: oh yeah we got to go get them
0: yeah it's that uh american uh ex- exceptionalism propaganda that was shoved down everyone's throat especially after 9/11 we we can do no wrong let's go get them cowboy I will
1: say America is an exceptional country in many good ways. We have plenty of problems here. Plenty. I could go on and on all day about some still the
0: best country in the world,
1: but we, I mean that even that is uh, debatable, you know, there's plenty of good countries, but uh, I love this country. I love this country. I I really do. I love the United States. I love a lot of the people here. Um, That doesn't mean I, I don't hate the way it's run. Um, I love my country. I don't love my government. But the American exceptionalism thing, like, yeah, we are kind of taught that. um, It seems to maybe even be shifting in in some ways. Like in academia, I I feel like they're teaching kids that America is not exceptional in any way. And actually it's just a a monster, a blood-soaked monster that has zero things that are good about it. Um so things might be changing, especially with younger generations, but it, you know, the US for all its flaws is is a pretty badass place to live. You can drive from one ocean to another without having to show an ID to anyone. You could say fuck you to the president right to his face <laughs> and not go to prison. Yeah. There, there's there's a lot of good things about this place. Um
0: the one and only country that still has freedom of speech codified yeah, freedom in of law. speech
1: is the, it's the first for a reason other countries yeah. do not have that and that's why it must be protected at virtually all cost yeah it's the most important thing we have freedom of press freedom of speech and uh you know freedom to assemble freedom of religion that's the one thing that makes america cooler than practically everywhere else just in that one thing that one right that you have but we see that being infringed on very regularly today and and it's uh definitely something to pay attention to yeah but uh you know for all of its faults america is a really a really great place to live um (laughs) but the, the things that are wrong with this place, and and we recognize, this is why we speak out. This is why we care about liberty. This is why we care where our taxes get spent. This is why we care who's in charge. Yeah. Because this place is pretty cool, but it could definitely get better.
0: Yeah.
1: And it could definitely get way worse. So the people that are on the side of the liberty movement, they're not just crazy and and they're not just complaining. They're trying to raise awareness and and take action and do things to save this thing and get it pushed back up to where it should be. The, The country right now is falling. The people in the liberty movement that care about this stuff are trying to push it back a little closer to where it should be. And even when it gets closer to where it should be, we should push it further. We, we, there are so many things that we could do better here. And and so many things that are uh, antithetical to the founding documents of the country. Now, a lot of people take issue with talking about the founding founding documents because, you know, it's written there. All men are created equal by people that own slaves. That is true. The, uh, I ideas. always
0: love, love arguing against that.
1: Well, the, my, my only argument is, is I have zero argument against the criticism of that. Yeah. I completely understand that. And it's warranted and it makes logical sense. I don't agree with what the people that wrote the stuff were doing at the time necessarily. I'm, I'm with those people 100%. I get it. Yeah, But what was written down, the ideas that were written down on paper are way more perfect than the people that wrote
0: them. Well, it's it's not even them being imperfect. They knew that those ideas would never be able to be implemented in their time. They knew it. I mean, slavery was still a big thing at that point. But just because that's what they wanted doesn't mean that they could have gotten it done. Well, I mean... Just because you know, they knew it was right didn't mean that they could get it done.
1: Yes, and one thing that I've read is that, uh, and I've heard this multiple times and read it multiple times that the founders couldn't include that we should have no slavery in the founding documents because then they could not get all of the 13 colonies, the, the 12 soon to be 13 colonies to get behind this revolution mm-hmm. that would have just thrown the whole fucking thing out of whack in and, and America. Maybe would have never existed. Yeah. It was, I guess a fight to pick for a later day. But I get that criticism, you know, all men are created equal written by slave owners. Valid point. I have no argument against it, but the idea that's written down on the paper is what's more important to me than the actions of the men. The idea written on the paper is all men are created equal and women and Zimzers and they, thems. (laughs) They're all created equal. Yes. That's the important part. So, uh, well, and yeah. that's
0: that's always been my question: is okay, fine. If you want to take the stance that America's not great, okay. Well, then why can't it be? Why don't we try to live up to the ideals that are presented on that document instead of just destroying everything? Doesn't that sound like a better idea instead sure of just talking shit? You know? Yes, yeah. it's, it's interesting to me. The, the, those words should mean more to everybody than almost anything else because it this country has not always lived up to its ideals ever but that doesn't mean that it can't and that doesn't mean that we stop trying um yeah because 100 they are important
1: yeah i agree yeah that's what i'm saying the the people resisting tyranny and and uh, that are pro-liberty are trying to trying to salvage the the country that's being juggled right now. It's about to fall and like, we need to catch it before it hits and splats all over the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, a while ago I had, I had actually seen a, uh, an interview that you had done with the Mises caucus, mm-hmm. which yeah. I thought was a great interview, by the way. Um, how, how are you feeling about the uh, libertarian party these days?
1: well, to be honest, I'm about a millimeter away from an anarchist. So I don't believe, in like I told you, I think that largely government, everything it touches, it turns to shit. So with, with that as the baseline that I'm going to say this from, <laughs> I, I think what is happening in the Libertarian Party in America is exciting and very, very interesting. Um, the Mises Caucus has kind of taken over the entire uh, party nationwide. And I think a lot of the people that are in the libertarian party at this point are people that are a lot of them very similar to me, like practically anarchists. They don't believe in government. They don't believe in big government. This stuff. There's a lot of those people that are in the libertarian party as of today, right now that, that have taken, taken things over a bit. And, you know, I'm conflicted on it because it's like, okay, yet another party, yet another form of control, yet another bear trap laid out on the ground. However, I know some of these people personally and the conversations I've had with them and videos I've watched from the Libertarian Party and the Mises Caucus specifically. It seems like they want to be in control and basically infiltrate and be in control and take that power to leave you the fuck alone. And that I completely understand and completely support that notion that, Hey, uh, put me in charge so I can nullify all this bullshit that is uh, ruling over your life and leave you alone. If I was ever going to run for any sort of political office, that's basically what I would run on. Put me in charge so I can get the government off of your back,
0: yeah. Honestly, that,
1: that's that's a worthwhile, um, it's a worthy investment in time and and purpose. I I think.
0: See, i I myself and am a uh, anarcho capitalist, and uh, i I get the argument that voting means nothing, or getting in that there's no political solution to a lot of this. I, I agree, to an extent but that doesn't mean I'm going to give that up. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't continue voting because nonetheless, it's still on paper that I'm not voting for the two legacy parties. So I'm not going to give up any ground to these psychopaths who want to try and do anything. So I think it's much needed along with the agorist, the, the pure anarchist, Um, anybody trying to make the world a better place is needed and we need all of it working together, which is what's important to me.
1: Yes. Well, and I, I would add one caveat. I agree with everything you just said. I would add one caveat that anyone that's trying to make the world a better place, there are people that fly the flag of Republican and Democrat that are trying to make the world a better place but their means to that end is through force is through initiating violence on someone. And uh, that's the only caveat I would add is that we we need more of these people that are trying to make the world a better place via agorism or voluntarism or, uh, you know, just leaving people alone. Yeah. This whole, everything is upside down right now. Like I feel like I'm living in bizarro world because (laughs) This country was founded on the notion that the rules come from the bottom and go up. Nowadays, yeah. the rules come from the top down. And people feel like they have no say. And when it comes to you know not voting, you have the right to not vote. You have the mm-hmm. right to vote, whatever. Um, the way I view it is kind of like you. Obviously, I don't want to vote for the, the uniparty r's and d's because that's really yeah. what it is it's a two-headed snake they're this they're both the party of war the party of big business the party of corporations, yeah. the, the the party of uh hypnosis via media the, they're both the they're they're the same fucking party they just oh, differ yeah. on social issues to make you think that they're different but here's the thing that i would say with voting because <laughs> i also get the the idea that voting is stupid and you shouldn't do it there's a lot of evidence to support the idea that maybe your vote doesn't count at all but here's yeah. the one thing that i always say even if that's true what difference does it make in your day to fill out the ballot and drop it into the box maybe it's not doing anything that's totally plausible maybe it's not but maybe it is it's yeah. gonna take me what 10 minutes out of your day to do that Every couple of years?
0: Yeah. Fuck it. I mean, federally, I'll I'll agree. It most likely does not do anything.
1: That's mainly what I mean as yeah. well. Is locally, your vote for like president or whatever. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a big club and you ain't in it. Correct. And your opinion does not matter. <laughs> but locally, of course, your opinion matters always. It doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. But if everyone if treats voting all from, voting the same and it's not, it is right. Not yeah,
1: at all. If, you're, if you're voting for city council or something and you live in a town with a thousand people, do you really think your vote is not going to matter at all? But uh, right. even that, I, I will question my own statement there. The fact that gerrymandering is legal is mind blowing and disgusting and disturbing and makes you really kind of get more pessimistic about things yeah. when it comes to your vote. But like I said, all that said, what, fucking sweat off my back is it to drop a, a ballot in the box. Yeah and especially if nothing else to give a middle finger to the two parties.
0: Exactly. Like like I said, it's it's at least on an official document that uh, I'm not voting for Republicans or Democrats. So I'll vote for independents and libertarians before I vote for either of either of those two, especially because uh, Utah's a republican controlled stronghold. Uh, but it's to the point now that uh, Democrats even talk about running as a Republican just to get their candidate in there.
1: Oh, so, yeah. It's, yeah, that's that,
0: interesting.
1: That yeah, um, I just really wish we had uh, the place looking a little more like George Washington envisioned it with no political parties. Yeah. Because really, it should just be the best ideas win. The person that embodies the best ideas should win, not the person that's got the red tie or the blue tie. (laughs) You know, it's, it it seems to largely be a dog and pony show. Um, It's team sports. Yeah, it's team sports. It's tribalism. It's, it's maddening. If if you uh, get sucked into that vortex for too long. So um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Just, something's got to change and that's why I speak up and say yep. things because if we just keep going about things as they're going the, the end results don't look very good in my crystal wall
0: not too many people I know uh have high hopes if we do nothing and I I gotta say uh you know there there's a fracture in the libertarian party uh some people who agree with what's going on some who don't Um, so being, you know, involved in the party and everything, I'll, I'll say, uh, it's interesting only because the people who are against what's going on seem to be siding more with the state now, which is very telling that these former people would much rather side with the state to prove current leadership wrong, um, just i i don't know why what do you mean
1: Um, former people did they change into marchants?
0: well so (laughs) so the former leadership of the libertarian party uh Ah, okay yeah um definitely more of them seem like i said to side with uh what's going on with the state uh the, the the government than standing by anyone fighting for liberty i get it it's not everyone's cup of tea Nor should it be. Um, It should be a decentralized network of everyone working together. You know, we we should be working with friendlies. Um, If we have the same goal in mind for liberty for all, I can pretty much work with anybody. Um, There's very few people I could actually put on a list, you know, internal mental list that I would not personally work with. Um, Pretty much anyone that calls me a Nazi at this point, that's about it you know if if that's your idea of what a nazi is that me trying to spread liberty then you're probably not a person i can work with uh outside of that if we have the same goal to work for liberty and spread it for everybody not just one group or one association or whatever for everybody that's a worthwhile endeavor and i think everyone should get behind that um it's it's not just for one person or one group or anything matters for everyone whether people want to recognize that or not and i think that's one of the hardest things is seeing that more freedom would actually help a lot of issues that we have and most people would rather see more government because they think that free stuff is the solution which is just heartbreaking honestly Uh, that's one of the big reasons i decided to start doing my show was just like I said, dogpiling with the liberty message, it's more important than ever there. There should be more, uh, more liberty messaging than there should be propaganda. And, uh, independent media seems to be winning. Uh, Joe Biden just recently said that he wants the legacy platforms, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all these places to, uh, start censoring people more because of the disinformation and all the, uh, the, the vitriol towards, you know, the the alphabet companies. Uh, and I call them companies specifically uh, the FBI, CIA, all of these places or all of these people. They're their companies and they, they do bidding on behalf of the highest bidder. And uh, I think it's interesting. He calls for censorship due to uh, all the hatred coming out towards them.
1: Yeah, and if that actually is implemented and these companies bend the knee to that request, Folks, that is fascism. That is exactly what it looks like. And we already know that they do it. Mark Zuckerberg was just on Rogan talking about how they got contacted by the FBI to hide the Hunter Biden laptop story.
0: (laughs) And then they did it.
1: And then they fucking did it. That is textbook fascism.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, they came out recently talking about how uh, they were spying on people's private messages on Facebook and reporting them to the government.
1: Yeah, that's your fucking Gestapo, your secret police, right there.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's called Facebook instead of KGB. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's Smash wild. Book. Yeah. <laughs> I like Face- that one. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, so really, what's uh, what's your plan moving forward? Uh, not just with the podcast, but with the music and everything. Like, uh, got any big plans? Just Hanging out, doing the same thing.
1: Uh, we're going to write some new music uh, somewhere here at the end of this year and probably put out some new stuff next year and hit the road next year as well. Um, you know, hopefully gas is not $13 a gallon. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, we're not having to show our papers or anything like that. If that's the case, we can hit the road. Yeah. So that's exciting. We're gonna write some new stuff and finally go on tour and play some of our last record. We've never played any of those songs live. The thing came out right in the middle of lockdowns in uh, May first, twenty twenty. So uh, record, have, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's called V for anyone interested. Um, and if you're gonna look up my band, it's Havoc with a K, H A V O K. And uh, we all went to public school, so our spelling ain't too good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the new Havoc stuff is exciting. And then I'll, ha- I'll have some more interviews and-, and good conversations coming up on Riffs or Die podcast. And I'm currently working on another band's record, doing the mixing for it. It's a really cool three-piece band from the Northeast called Le Special. It's all one word, L-E Special the special and uh yeah i'm working on that mix right now and then i'll get busy with doing some havoc stuff and continue nice. the podcast and spread messages of liberty and thinking for yourself
0: what do you what are you listening to these days any stuff that you have really like coming out i
1: listen to tons of music and to be honest most of the music that i listen to is old a lot of it much older than i am yeah uh Let's see recently um I started listening to the new Revocation record, and that's really, really excellent.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh I've really been liking uh the newest stuff from Lorna Shore has really been blowing my mind. Um for the most part, I mean not a whole lot of really great stuff coming. You know? Well there's some, some new habit. Well, yeah, <laughs> not out yet, though. Yeah, I uh,
1: listen to a ton of music that's not metal, too. Um,
0: yeah, I know you were saying that you listen to a, a lot of uh, Spanish music, right?
1: I love, like, flamenco and, yeah, I love classical music, gypsy jazz, uh, funk. I love funk, like a lot of 80s new wave stuff.
0: Have you ever heard of uh, uh Here Come the Mummies? No. If you get a chance, check them out. They're they're these guys that dress up as mummies, um, and they, they play funk. Uh, it's, it's kind of oh, like cool. a mix between like funk and rock and roll. It's, it's a band I had never heard of before, and I was so surprised that I had never heard of them, but absolutely love them. They just dropped a new record, too. Um, yeah, oh, really like, cool
1: stuff. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I think you'll get a kick out of them. They've got a horn section, and... You know, I usually enjoy bands with horn sections, especially now because it's not as common as it used to be. Oh, so, yeah.
1: Back in the 60s and stuff, you'd have a guy singing a ballad or whatever, and there'd be a full-on orchestra. Yeah. Horn section, strings, drummer, bass, guitar, backup vocalists. Nowadays, you don't hear that stuff like ever.
0: So do you think uh, music is going to progressively... Well, obviously, pop music seems to be progressively getting more sterile. Do you think that in return, um, more independent artists are going to come out and really write real music that's not composed by computers? it's uh, a good question. I mean,
1: there's always going to be real authentic musicians and artists that do things on their own terms, in their own way, that's you know, against the grain, or even if that's not what they're trying to do, it's just unique because that's what they do. I think that's always going to exist, even if uh, popular music and what's on a lot of the radio waves is so homogenized. There will always be the outliers that are just doing whatever the fuck they want to do and it's going to be good. Yeah, Those people will always be out there. Um, will it be popular? I don't know about that. Um, things seem to be getting more and more homogenized as time goes on. It's the same chain restaurants everywhere. It's the same kind of music on all the radio stations, um, you know, as far as like top 40 stuff. And uh, a lot of this stuff just sounds the same to me. Yeah. So a lot of the music I listen to doesn't sound like <laughs> everything that's on the radio Yeah,
0: and anything that can sound different, bring a feeling, bring an emotion. No, I get you. I, I don't know. Uh, radio radio played anything. I mean, once you realize there's like six producers that produce almost every, you know, hit that's on the radio, it's just why, why even listen to the same six people just regurgitate the same song over and over and over.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy how that's happened. And uh, Frank Zappa had a great clip from an interview talking about this kind of thing. Um, and, and his reasoning was back in the day when he was coming up, you know, back in the 60s, 70s and stuff, it'd be these old cigar chomping record execs that are like, oh, I don't know what this is. It's weird, but I don't know. Fuck it. Let's throw it at the wall and see what happens. And Zappa talked about how things went from the, I don't know, let's try it guy to the guy who got hired because he's young and hip and knows what's cool. And now everything is just these people that know what's cool, quote unquote, and they know what the people want. And that's exactly what they just keep giving people because you got these these people that are the um, – like the, the – the director of taste will say, you know, that um, just force feed what goes on to the radio waves and force feed what becomes popular. And uh, I think, I think Zappa is correct in that assessment that there's these young people that get trusted to like be the trend, uh, you know, the trend makers or whatever. Yeah. And, oh, well this, this band did really well. So let's get like, you know, 10 other artists that sound just like this.
0: Yeah. It's the boy band phenomena. One or two make it big. And then all of a sudden everybody's them.
1: Yeah. It's the boy band thing just with slightly different music today. It's the exact same kind of tactic. Whereas back in the sixties and seventies and stuff, you had so much innovation like the, I I think the seventies, I love the eighties too, but I think the seventies probably was the best decade for music even pop music was experimental yeah. and uh, interesting. And the musicians had to be stellar because you couldn't just program things. You you had to play them to tape, yeah. not, you know, no editing. Here we go. Let's try this song five times. And we'll just take the best take of it. And that's what's going on the album that's going to be pressed on vinyl and remembered forever. Yeah. Uh, and just technology was coming along in such an interesting way. There was a, a real, curve that was starting to be developed there when it comes to electronics and synthesizers and things like that but you think about like the 70s even what was considered pop music you had like you know uh queen and uh, the jacksons and earth wind and fire and ohio players at the same time you had ted nugent and thin lizzie and acdc uh foreigner like kiss there was so much cool stuff happening in the 70s black sabbath led zeppelin motorhead it just goes on and on and on and on and on i think the 70s was the coolest decade but i don't think we're going to see a return to something like that in in today's world because there's too many think tanks there's too many uh analytics involved there's too much uh maybe just too much data the, that these companies are rarely going to take a chance on something. They're just going to say, oh, this is what sold well last year, so let's get another artist that does this same exact kind of thing. Because you know, we have the analytics here to show that it's going to make us money.
0: Yeah. That, that's actually what I'm concerned about with the metal industry, the, the metal community and everything is, uh, if, if you look at the headliners for all the big festivals this year, it seemed to be this same people just over and over again, just gatekeepers. The uh, legacy, it, yeah, exactly. And, and it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of whole lot of room for innovation or the the up and comers. Um, it's like, okay, everyone's seen Slipknot and Disturbed. Can we get other headliners? You know, they're not the only bands out there.
1: No, but here's the thing the record industry is so different now slip not disturbed came up right at the fucking tail of where people had to buy albums had to buy cd's yeah. uh, mtv was showing music videos you know having a big yeah. video on mtv was a big deal like everyone knew who you were if you, if you had something that was on trl or something like this now with those artists everyone knows them they're household names they're huge. They, they got rich. They got famous. Um, that doesn't happen today. MTV yeah. doesn't show metal music videos. Do they even <laughs> show music videos at all on music television?
0: No, I think you have to get one of those weird MTV channels, you know, through satellite. And... Yeah. It's
1: probably like on MTV nine. Now yeah. <laughs> where they Probably show the music
0: videos, play reruns but, of headbangers ball. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, but like a lot of these legacy artists that are the headliners you're you're you know wondering why can't we get some new headliners over here well largely because those the, the newer bands that are amazing in, in many ways can't get as big as these other ones as the ones that came out 10 15 20 years before them it's like just physically st- statistically impossible for these newer bands to get as widespread reach as these yeah. older bands.
0: Re- reach you know, that Go- upper echelon of uh, of popularity.
1: Yeah, and there's some outliers that poke through a little bit, but let's say a band like Gojira. Like, if Gojira came out, you know, 20 years earlier, they'd be way bigger. Yeah. They're They're getting very big right now, but, like, they didn't have the help of MTV. They're not on the radio. People are not forced to buy their physical records. If so, yeah. like, I I would be rich. Yeah, you know. You know, you, I could never argue uh, the point perfectly because without the internet, we wouldn't be as big as we are or whatever. But, like, let's just assume that we were, Havoc was, as listened to without the internet and stuff and people had to
0: buy our records, like
1: I would actually make a decent living from <laughs> selling CDs. And vinyl. But, you yeah, know, that's I, not the I case. Find
0: but... it, I find it interesting. Cause like, you know, a day to remember is one of those bands that are kind of popping up through, but I mean, they're what 18, 20 years into their career already. Right. You know, it's, it, I don't know. I just find it interesting and I'm, I'm always concerned about the gatekeepers especially because there seems to be a resurgence of uh, a lot of these, these older bands coming back, which, you know, I'm not opposed to necessarily depending on the band, but you know, it's, it's just like, there, there's also more room on the stage for everyone.
1: Sure. There is. And, and maybe that is something that time will yield is the Gojira's and a data remembers. And, you know, some of these younger quote unquote, younger bands maybe they will start being the main headliners at these festivals instead of Slipknot and Disturbed and, uh, you know, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and stuff. Maybe these younger quote unquote bands will become the legacy acts in 10, 20 years. Maybe those are the bands that everyone's like, Oh man, can't we just get some new headliners over here? Yeah. (laughs) The same thing may happen, but, um, Who knows? It's impossible to say at this point, but it is interesting that a lot of these bands that you see headlining and get played on the radio and stuff, they all broke when people still had to buy albums. Yeah. When streaming wasn't a thing and when, uh, you know, pirating music was dangerous and, and, (laughs) uh, you know, frowned upon heavily. All these artists that we see that, that are headlining these big things, they 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 broke out and, and got popular during the time where the record industry was still on its two feet. Yeah. Nowadays, it's, it's halfway down to the ground after falling off a cliff. Yeah. They're, they're, they're gasping for air. Um, the recording industry has really been completely uprooted by the internet. But a lot of these legacy acts were there before that all happened so they they got lucky they lucked out with the timing
0: yeah yeah that's that's definitely true i mean i don't know i think uh havoc deserves uh you know playing in front of three four hundred thousand people you know i'll take that are more than good enough so
1: i'm working on it
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i think we'll we'll wrap up here david honestly it was it was a lot of fun just sitting and just bullshitting with you you're a super cool guy. I really enjoy not only what Havoc does, but what you're doing with Riffs or Die. Uh, make sure everybody watching uh, watching now or later, all of the links are in the episode description to everything. So make sure and just go check them out. Um, even if you're not into metal music, go support, because we need more people like this. Uh, do you want to shout anything out, David?
1: Well, thank you very much for the kind words. I really appreciate it. And thanks for chatting with me. This was a really good time. Um, I enjoy speaking with like-minded people. Uh,
0: I enjoy. You're welcome back anytime.
1: Oh yeah. Let's do it again. Um, enjoy speaking with people. I I don't think like either, but, uh, I I think that Liberty (laughs) is correct. Liberty is the right way to think. And totalitarianism and authoritarianism is wrong, dead wrong. I think it's the wrong way to go about things. So, um, although it is fun to enlighten people and see the light bulb turn on mid-conversation, uh, I, I enjoy getting into the finer weeds of things at times when I'm talking to someone like yourself who already is at the, the same starting point, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, uh, the only thing I would like to shout out is um, click on com. check out Havoc. Our last album is called V. And uh, just try to leave the world a little nicer than the way you found it. And we're all going to be okay. And one, one way you can do that is by thinking critically. Don't outsource your thinking. Think for yourself. Think critically. Ask questions. We need more of that. Because uh, <laughs> too many crazy things are happening today without any questions being asked. And look at where that's getting us
0: yeah yeah it's it's interesting man it's i don't know i don't like this timeline
1: (laughs) yeah so (laughs) let's change it
0: yeah exactly so thank you everyone for watching rise to liberty um you should all know by this point to uh hit the like button the subscribe button the share button Uh, due to soft censorship by the big tech overlords you know they can uh, stop this channel this show from growing And you can fight back by doing something very easy and hit the like, subscribe, and share button. Otherwise, you can find everything from the show, about the show, at risetoliberty.com slash links. That pulls up everywhere we are, uh, everything we have going on. Uh, Feel free to join Odyssey Rumble uh, pretty much everywhere we are. There's a substack now, Liberty Letter, that you can have delivered straight to your inbox. And pretty much anything you want there's always backups and everything don't lose touch with the show because we'll keep having cool guests on like david and uh plenty of other people uh just did an interview last night with jenny stoker who was a candidate for school board president here in utah Uh, we talked about some of the issues with school so make sure and go check that out and uh until next time stay free my friends
1: hell yeah thanks jacob yep
0: thanks david